Bill Gates is currently the second richest person in the world after Jeff Bezos. Almost all of that success he owes to Microsoft, which he founded in 1975 with his friend Paul Allen, not the one who got the reservation at Dosia. He is now working full-time at his private charity called Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This is episode 2 of the Intellectual Work Podcast about the work habits of Bill Gates. Most of the information I've taken from James Wallace's and Jim Erickson's hard drive, Bill Gates and the making of the Microsoft Empire. So another bio- biographical episode. Mm, I mentioned Bill Gates in the last one uh, and I thought there might be more that we could learn from the way he operates. Uh, surprisingly, there wasn't that much new from the last episode, uh, but I think it's it's useful to look at it from a different perspective, uh, especially since Bill Gates is quite considerably different from Elon Musk. Uh, he only had basically one company, just Microsoft, um, of course the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but that, that doesn't exactly... It's not exactly supposed to make him money. It's supposed rather uh, to make him lose money. Um, It probably does make him a little bit of money, but uh, still, um, he got all his wealth from Microsoft and he worked at that company. uh, That was basically all the, the, the one tech company that he had. Uh, we know that Elon Musk had Tesla, SpaceX, uh, of course, Solar, C- Solar City wasn't his. Um, well, ex- Tesla exactly wasn't his either, uh, but now it is. Um, and he had Zip2 and X.com, which were, I guess, kind of similar to Microsoft in that they were digital. Uh, Microsoft, I don't think, makes hardware. Wait, they do, probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, Bill Gates probably wasn't very much involved in the hardware. Um, so it's, I think, they're very different people. Uh, in a sense, of course, they are both very rich people. Uh, who got their wealth from tech companies. But uh, aside from that, I think there is a difference um, between them that I think Bill Gates is more uh, just a very intelligent guy and his character builds on top of that. Whereas I feel Elon Musk, his character is comes first, and then uh, just his ability to execute his plans, um, you know, helps with executing them. Uh, so that's where he, he gets his ideas first, and then he can execute upon them. Um, whereas Bill Gates is just a guy who's fascinated with computers. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, first, 
of course, now the biggest difference in how they both operate is that I feel like with Elon Musk, the main thing, the main theme was that he he works really hard. I would I would go on an imp and say that he works just a little bit harder than Bill Gates, mm, and and this is the main theme of his life, um, as well as creating this fantastic future. Um, and with Bill Gates, uh, there was a different theme that ran through his entire life, and that was competitiveness. Uh, it didn't matter whether it was hearts or pickleball or swimming to the dog. There was always a reward for winning, and there was always a penalty for losing. Um, and now the book starts with um, how he once memorized the Sermon of the Mount, uh, which is chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Matthew at the age of 11. And I that's uh, that's quite a long chunk of reading. Um, I don't think it rhymes, uh, and probably some archaic words, that's, it's probably difficult to memorize, um, that reminded me of something from, uh, Cal Newport's Deep Work, and again, again, I'm mentioning it, like, in the first episode, um, in it, uh, the author recommends uh, card memorization as a focus exercise and that's I believe that could I don't think that Bill Gates got his ability to focus from memorization but I think that uh, first came the ability to focus and with that he could memorize so maybe it could be, so maybe we could reverse that and and try to learn to memorize things so that we could focus better. But either way, I think those two things are connected. Um, he also read books. Um, he read biographies, uh, business and science books, novels, and he would sometimes recite them to impress others, which is, again memorization mm. so I think it also comes with a reward of course you're going to impress people uh, some might might not like it but you might like it anyway uh, you might feel like you're impressing them even though they don't care but at least you know you got a reward um, and uh, something that the author of this book, Hard Drive, uh, notes often uh, is also that he rocks in the chair, in a chair, um, which is just uh, he needs an outlet to his energy. Mm, that's of course, again, like I said, he does things that are just. That are just uh, from the way he, 
that come from the way he is and not the other way around. They don't influence who, what he does. They don't influence how he performs. Mm, it's just that, you know, he he's an, an energetic guy and he needs an outlet for his energy. But perhaps that's similar to eating fast or walking fast from the last episode. Mm, I think maybe not working in a chair, uh, but something along those lines. So, for example, walking fast or eating fast mm, could help get yourself in that state of being energetic. Mm, it could work. Uh, again, this is all just... I feel like that that it works, uh, but it could just be everything in this could be just from the way he is and not actually contributing to his success. Uh, so again, this competitiveness, he's competitive at sports, tennis, water skiing. Uh, I don't remember many other sports. What did he play? I don't know. Mm. But he would be also... I would always want to win at uh, school assignments, for example. Any school assignment, be it, be it playing a musical instrument or writing papers, whatever. He would do any or... He would do at any or all hours of the day. Mm. So that again, from the first episode, mm, the ability to work on something, on one specific thing uh, for a long period of time. Um, that's also a theme with him. He also doesn't sleep. Mm, he could go uh, like three days without sleep. Um, how he coped with the lack of sleep, I never figured figured out. Um, I would come off, I would kind of wimp out after eighteen to twenty four hours. But his habit was to do thirty six hours or more at a stretch, collapse for ten hours, then go, then go out, get a pizza, and go back at it. And if that meant he was starting again at three o'clock in the morning, so be it. Um, so also, I don't know, I, I feel like this time it's again more that he was just fascinated. I don't know, it's just with Elon Musk, it seems like what he did contributed in some way to his success. But maybe it's the way this book is written. But it always seems like with Bill Gates, it's the other way around. He's just that kind of guy who's really into uh, whatever he's doing. And so he just goes at it for three days without sleep. Um, something that I found out, um, he wasn't worried about burning out young. Mm. That's that's more of... Maybe I should bring that up later. 
because that relates to his Microsoft days. Um, so uh, let's just mention that he also plays poker. And again, this is something uh, that didn't probably bring him to success. It's just something that he did and he really liked poker and he wanted to be the best at it, which again, he wasn't actually. Um, he was pretty good at it, maybe even really good, but he wasn't exceptional at it. Uh, so again, this is something that I feel like, yeah, he just does it because he wants to and kind of sheds a different light on it. Just, you know, not this aura of everything he does is just, it comp he, he just wins at it and it contributes to his success sometimes. You know, he just does it because he wants to. Um, Bill had a monomaniacal quality. He would focus on something and really stick with it. He had a determination to master whatever it was he was doing. Perhaps it's silly to compare poker and Microsoft, but in each case, Bill was sort of deciding where he was going and where he was going to put his energy and to help with what anyone else thought. Mm. So yeah, I feel like, yes, this is, uh, this is an important quality to have. I think it's useful, but not exactly necessary. Uh, it didn't, again, contribute that much to his success, I feel. Um, I think it's just the way he is, uh, but but still being competitive, uh, wanting to win at everything and focusing, especially focusing on one thing and doing it uh, until you completely master it. I think that's that's very useful, and that's something that we could really learn from Bill Gates. Mm. So now, uh, now he goes in, starts Microsoft, of course, mm. and in an interview, uh, he said that he wasn't worried about burning out young, because well, the work we're doing is it's not like we're doing the same thing all day. We go. Uh, we go into our offices and think up new programs. Uh, we get together in meetings, we go out and see end users. We talk to customers. Uh, there's so much variety and there's always new things going on. And I don't think there ever come a time where that would be boring. And he didn't probably burn out. I don't believe that he did. Maybe um, his founding of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was 
a sort of burning out from programming and just Microsoft. Uh, but I don't exactly think that you could really call it burning out, uh, especially since he works really hard at his charity. Um, so he's still he's still going. It's just a different thing. Uh, and overall, I don't think it's useful to use the word burning out, burnout uh, that often. I think we should be pretty careful with it uh, because it immediately assumes uh, the causes of whatever is going on with your body um, and and it immediately uh, suggests solutions uh, and I don't think that's I think that's I think we should use the proper vocabulary so describe things as they are really instead of just calling everything burnout and saying, you know, it doesn't really matter that it's not actually a medical condition, it, it still happens. Because I think that's, um, like I said, it, it implies some things already with just the name. Um, and certainly there are people like Bill Gates who can just keep going at it and Elon Musk also hasn't burned out yet, I don't think. Um, they do have... They do take some time off, but only a, a little bit. Uh, maybe a couple of days, but almost all of the time they're working. Um, and they don't really burn out. Uh, so... I think there is a way to work that really prevents burning out and that's probably like he said it's just a lot of variety uh, and you need, you need to be working on different things so that you rest from one thing by doing a different thing. Mm. And I also feel like for example, just a lack of motivation should be called just that. And I think it is it is just that. It's just a lack of motivation. Uh, you've been doing something for a long time and you forgot why you were doing it. And you just need to remember. You just need to search for, you know, why you thought that was important and just keep going at it because i've i've had those moments of course during university and i wouldn't say that i was burning out uh i was working probably pretty hard uh you know i'm not the best judge of that of course because it's me talking about me uh but uh overall i've 
of course, my performance has suffered, but taking breaks, um, maybe I was taking breaks improperly, but I don't think really taking breaks, uh, even proper breaks, would help me as much as um, doing research about what I was actually doing and what the what potential uh, what I was doing had, um, what I could really learn and how I could use that later. And just, it's just motivation. Um, just keeping up that motivation uh, when you lose it. I think that's, that's more important. I wouldn't worry that much about uh, whatever you might think burning out is. Mm. I think it's more important to keep working hard, have that discipline, and also keep that motivation. And really work on keeping that motivation. Mm. Oh, and another thing uh, that has been noted about him is like rocking a chair he also likes to drive fast again everything is is a competition for him um it didn't it turned out quite well uh for him for uh, what he was doing um he got a couple of uh, speeding tickets and uh, he crashed once at least once that i know of um uh, he almost lost his license, but uh, overall, it could have been worse. Um, Rauber, uh, who is Bill's friend, uh, whom Bill first met to discuss uh, a cease and desist he sent him, uh, said, uh, Bill is competitive plus. Race car drivers have a phrase of it have a phrase for it, a red mist. They get so pumped up, they get blood in their eyes. Bill Gates red mist. Um, so that, I feel like that's, you know, that's a reflection of how he works. And he probably gets so pumped up about everything. Um, and I just like also driving fast i guess so that's i guess that's why i brought that up brought that up mm. but uh moving on uh they also talking about uh i guess mm, burning out and uh taking time off uh they occasionally had parties and of course on those parties uh, they often had competitive games. And again, uh, in those games, Bill, of course, won uh, very often. Sometimes he would lose, but then he would, you know, a couple of uh, days or weeks would pass, and then they would play again this same game, and... Bill this time would lose and just wreck everyone. Um, so that's that's his competitive spirit. 
Um, again, very strong theme here. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there was uh, their work ethic at Microsoft was uh, was that they had to work uh, very long hours. Mm -hmm. There was a nice unstated rule that employees had to be at the office late into the night and on the weekends. Uh, even um, uh, there was apparently there was a rumor I think um, that employees uh, managers uh, had to park their cars uh, in the order that they arrived to work. Um, and so no one wanted to leave before the person that arrived before them and that had the car parked next to theirs left. So that created, you know, it's not exactly a healthy a re fully healthy environment. I think, of course, it's useful to have a reward for working long hours, which they had. They had bonuses for working late, late in the evening and on the weekends. Uh, but that overlooked also uh, performance. Mm, they wouldn't give out bonuses for performance uh, or how important a certain project was they just gave out bonuses uh, for working hard and that of course isn't the perfect state of things but still uh, I think I feel like that's pretty useful uh, because you can easily measure, well, apparently they also had a problem with that, but technically you can easily measure um, how much you work, how long you work, and that's, you know, just do what you can in those hours, uh, work as hard as possible, especially if uh, the ethic, the work ethic in the company is that you always work hard and um, you know you just everyone's motivated and wants to do their best work then if you just work as hard as long as possible then you're going to get good results uh, either way so so it's a it's a pretty good way but uh to it's a pretty good way to reward um employees but you know it's not perfect and you have to be aware of that but also you can use that uh, because uh, in many companies uh people just go go work 9 to 5 and that's it 
uh, I feel like it would it would be better for the company at least uh, uh, assuming that they're all motivated and really want to work there uh, which I guess if they're working nine to five and that's it uh, they're not really that motivated um, but it's useful I think to set bonuses for working longer hours and you can do that of course with yourself you can just uh, measure the time that you work uh, and set goals for yourself mm. that's in my opinion pretty useful and as long as you don't take that to the extreme uh, you don't need to worry about uh, basically anything else uh, like uh, was progress or that you're just sucking off during those hours that you work um, and at some point I think um, yeah you should take some countermeasures to slacking off and uh, give yourself rewards uh, for accomplishing goals but at the base level, I feel like just measuring the time that you work is enough and it has it can have really profound effects and your performance certainly uh, in my opinion will not suffer from that um, so moving on. Mm, he was very focused he didn't own a television and had disconnected the radio in his car uh, not sure what that means um, but maybe uh, in his car you couldn't turn off the radio I don't know why he had to disconnect that but anyway that tells us that he's just uh, it's uh, you know, with Elon Musk, I said that he does multitasking. Uh, so Bill Gates apparently doesn't do that. He's very focused and he does only one thing. Even when he's driving, he's just driving. He's not listening to music. Um, I guess that's... There wasn't really that much information about this uh, in the book. So I guess that's what it refers to. Um... There was also a mention that he does some micromanaging. He was down there micromanaging everything, every day, and it happened all the time. Um, people would be going along, and we would find out behind our backs that Bill had totally reversed the direction we were going and never even bothered to tell us. Um, so again, that's... That's probably not the way to do. Of course, uh, this is a critique of his style of work. Uh, I didn't really find that much information about his uh, micromanaging, his management style. Uh, but 
you know, it's kind of uh, that's I feel like again it's mm, that he has to kind of uh, micromanage them in some way or maybe it's just that he does it and he, it works for him because he's just an exceptional individual but he, if he didn't if he let his subordinates have some freedom um, some responsibility he would be better off I feel like mm, yeah not micromanaging would be better even for him perhaps but again I don't know that much about this situation I didn't found I didn't find that much information about his management style so maybe uh, it was just one thing that he did or just one person that noticed um, that he was micromanaging everyone uh, and I don't like I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, uh, so we can't we can't really um, take anything from that. Uh, but again, I think uh, very intelligent people. Uh, really want to micromanage anything and that's not great that's um uh, that's usually the the wrong way to do to do things um and there was also a note about uh how the offices were arranged um which is which sort of reminded me of the Google style office. The idea was to foster that sense of collegiality, um, said Microsoft Microsoft's uh, director of human resources. Uh, we are all we were we were basically uh, taking a lot of young kids who in many cases had never been away from home or only as far as wherever they went to college and we were moving them halfway across the country uh, how could you make them comfortable they are not necess these are not necessarily people who would go out and immerse themselves in the social opportunities of the area they weren't going to go out and make friends easily or quickly or participate in a lot of uh, the things going on in the area. And besides, we needed them at work. So we wanted to keep the atmosphere at work one they, would, they were somewhat familiar with, and secondly, also make sure it gave them a sense of social belonging. Employees were encouraged to decorate their offices however they wanted. It, it was kind of like their uh, dorm room. Uh, they could have whatever they wanted in there with them and their computer. It was their space. Uh, so in this case, that's sort of that's sort of like the Google office, 
but it's not exactly supposed to, you know, exactly help with... That's not exactly how they feel they should be working. It's just what works for them because the people that they hire uh, are just young uh, and they don't really feel comfortable far away from home or in a very different environment. Mm. So I feel like uh, I'm not exactly wild about this whole Google style office thing. It's, uh, you know, I like structure uh, and the Google style office is just for me a little too, you know, you can do whatever you want. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like that wouldn't work for me, but um, it might work for others. But anyway, that was a time when that wasn't really that much popular, that popular. Uh, it was just a thing that they did, you know, to make those kids more productive. Kids, they're probably like 25 or something. And I always uh, like to look at the hiring process. Mm. We'd have them describe a typical work week, work week or their typical day. We wanted to know how many hours they were awake, what they did in those hours. We'd ask how they felt about project they, projects they didn't get done. The kind of person we wanted was the one who responded, God, I just hate that. We were looking for people, uh, for what people did with their time and the amount of energy and in their voice would tell us what we wanted to know. We, we wanted to know if they were driven enough so we could drop them into our atmosphere and have them thrive. And Steve Ballmer, uh, who is best known as uh, Bill Gates's uh, crack cocaine, sorry, cocaine addicted friend. Uh, he would throw at uh, he would throw at the interviewees uh, logic problems in the middle of an interview to throw them off. Uh, and then the the same problem would get harder. There would be next iterations that were harder than the original problem. Um, what we were interested in was not just if someone knew the answer, but could they think. Uh, a lot of bright people don't always do well in Microsoft interviews uh, because they can't handle the pressure. Uh, the first person you interview with, the first person you interview with, uh, has the first say on whether you get the job. If you don't do well, that's the end of the road. Um, so that's, yeah. I always think it's interesting to look at the interview process, uh, and this one just basically tells us, uh. 
that you know we should be more intentional about how we're spending our day and it's sometimes useful to think about you know if we were describing our day uh to uh, an interviewer for example uh, how would they react what they would think of it uh and are we doing enough mm-hmm. and also one last thing uh they had employee meetings uh in which a Bill and uh, Steve Ballmer uh, acted more like cheerleaders, uh, talking about the company's future, mm, which is, you know, a great motivation and it gets you pumped up uh, to do your work. But there is also another side of this uh, that, you know, you're excited about the future and not really that much about what you're working on. So it could be, I guess, a double-edged sword, but I don't think that really matters that much. Uh, I think, again, you have to be careful with this, but I think um, it's almost always better to have that kind of cheerleading uh, and just getting motivated about the future. Um, I think it's in almost every case, it's better than not having that. So that was Bill Gates. Uh, like I said, not that much new, uh, but we certainly got the point across that he was competitive. Uh, and in the next episode, uh, It probably won't be a biographical one. Uh, I might share some of my experience, some of my thoughts uh, on intellectual work. Um, So I'll see you then. And thank you for listening.